Blog Talk Radio.
talked about uh, Brian Lawler, Brian Christopher. Um, he's also a Memphis guy in uh, Tennessee territory. And, of course, uh, Brian Lawler, um, you know, sadly passed uh, 46. So did Brickhouse Brown and Nikolai Volkov. Uh, both of them passed as well, 57 and 70, respectively. So we'll talk about that uh, after the interview. Um, so he talks a little bit about uh, Brian Christopher and just uh, his ties with Brian Christopher, how Brian Christopher was uh, around him and the relationship they had. Uh, just so many other things we talked about, his his views on the current belt designs, uh, just his inspiration behind it, um, you know, just some, some a snag that he had, a falling out that he had with WWE at, at one time and just so many good, so, so much good stuff in this interview. It's definitely, uh, I've made it very known. Uh, I've had, I don't know, I don't even know how much I've, I, I know it's been over 100 people, probably 150 plus interviews uh, over the past almost six and a half years of the show. And I must say that this is one of my favorite ones because it was just so much to just soak in. And uh, I love just the behind the scenes stuff, just from the people who, um, just from the just from the people who aren't necessarily in the ring, but just have so much to contribute outside of the ring to make the people in the ring look better, and that's what Dave Milliken is. So, uh, enjoyed the interview. Of course, uh, after the interview, we got headlines. Like I said, the three passing away passings away um, over the past weekend. We'll we'll talk about that. Unfortunately. Um, some more headlines talk about The Rock when it comes to WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio and his career with WWE. Just uh, his thoughts as far as that. Sting wanted to compete against Brock Lesnar. Chris Jericho potentially breaking his WWE major, you know, uh, company, major U.S. promotion streak, perhaps. Of course, a uh, small Raw and SmackDown review. Wrestling trivia, as always. Player of the week, we're going to talk about the top five. We're going to do another list. A top, the top five Intercontinental Champions from the 80s and 90s who could have been WWE Champions around that era. So we're going to talk about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, right now, I'm going to uh, let you listen to the interview that I had with Dave Milliken. After that, we're going to have some fun and do as we do as always, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone, Pancakes and Power Slam Show. The weekly interview this uh, on tonight, this week, uh, is someone who's just uh, really legendary in the pro wrestling business. Of course, as uh, fans and the listeners know, I usually interview wrestlers. Uh, however, this person uh, fits right in the mold. Not necessarily, not necessarily in the ring, but certainly out of the ring. If it wasn't for this person and uh, his 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 uh, uh, creative uh, juices, uh, the the belts that you see, you've seen for decades, uh, wouldn't have been where they are and, and wouldn't have been the designs that you've seen them. So this person has a very interesting and unique spot in the pro wrestling business. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Milliken, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you, man? I'm doing awesome. So uh, Tennessee boy, right? Tennessee, just outside of Memphis, about about 25 miles north of Memphis, a little town called Drummond's, Tennessee. Yeah. So let's just, uh, I guess we just jump right into it. Uh, you know, somber moment, of course. We we saw, uh, uh, you know, Brian Lawler, unfortunately. He's uh, also, uh, 
you know, Tennessee Territory, Memphis Territory, um, and, you know, he, unfortunately, you know, uh, uh, just an untimely death, um, you know, you know, yeah. many yeah. people, um, people know uh, just him as Grandmaster Sexay, and, uh, but, you know, decades before, I think he started in the late 80s uh, in the USWA and the Memphis Territories. What are your experiences with uh, Brian? I have, uh, I guess I've known Brian since he was uh, 18 or 19 years old, about mm -hmm. the time, just after he, uh, around the time he broke into the business. Um, I've known his dad, Jerry Lawler, for, you know, at least 30 years. Um, and, um, you know, he was he was just uh you you'll hear all kind of stories like you do about anybody else, man, yeah. but he was just an energetic guy that just you know, the whatever the problems were and stuff, I mean, you know, um all I see is the the guy that I've known since he was, you know, eighteen years old. So mm -hmm. um he's uh yeah, it's it's just unbelievable and we're we're all still in shock. And I, I'm not trying to include you know, I I'm I'm not, I'm grieving, man. It's it's tough yeah. for me, but sure. I don't want to put put myself in that mold where I, you know it's anything like the family right. uh, is going through. My gosh, they're just they're, it's just devastating to them, and so just just trying to support them uh, the best yeah. that I can, and and also uh, uh, try to help make sure that their privacy is maintained the best uh, the, the best possible. But yeah. uh, I, you know, I'm staying in touch with them and and uh, there for anything I can do. Yeah, yeah. I definitely need people, you know, to, to really kind of keep them up uh, and support them like yourself, uh, close, you know, family, friends, relatives. You know, it's, it really takes a village to, you know, help. It takes some of the grief away from close family, you know. Really Absolutely right. Yeah, Absolutely so. right. And there's such a, you know, just, just as there has been through some of the trials and tribulations, you know, yeah. um, there's just such a sense of, in, in some ways, helplessness, you know, um, you know, and, and just all you can, so all you can do is, is be there for support. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's it. Yep. Well, of course, uh, you know, our prayers are continually, continually with the, with the Lawler family. Um, you know, they, they end up winning the, him and Scott Taylor's, uh, Grand, uh, Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hotty is Too Cool. I uh, end up winning the, you know, one of the most popular tag teams in the Attitude Era and ended up winning the tag team championships in 2000. Now, uh, for people who don't know who you are, which, you know, most most of us wrestling fans do know who you are, you are, you are the mastermind behind many of the designs that we've seen across many promotions over the past, you know, few decades, 20, 30 years. Uh, and what, what, what was just, it, it's funny because I always wonder, like, before you started making the championships, you know, who did? <laughs> and uh, do, you, who, do you know that answer? Oh, sure. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, there, there's just there's just like a continuing kind of seamless timeline between ah. between Reggie Parks, who's the guy that got me in the belt business, uh, and being very frank about it, you know, started, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, have this as a job and neither would anybody else do it. Reggie Parks created uh, championship belts as we know them. I mean, there were, there were belts before Reggie made them, but there weren't Reggie style belts. And mm -hmm. so that, 
that uh, etched style of metal with the great leather tooling and stuff, that all started with Reggie Parks. And, um, you know, about, uh, oh, I guess somewhere in 1993, 94, probably 94-ish, um, you know, I just, I got in touch with Reggie. I was already making belts. Um, but, but he opened, uh, opened some doors for me and we, uh, we just formed a partnership that lasts, uh, you know, until this day, uh, Reggie, uh, next month will turn 84 years old. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. There's, there, you know, and there's scattered, scattered other ones. Uh, but I mean, as far as the majority of the stuff that you would grow up seeing, that, that was Reggie, but then that I grew up seeing, mm-hmm. uh, Reggie Park stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, I've just, I've, I, what I've really done is just kept what he started alive and, and keep it going, uh, yeah. and, and do my part with that. Um, so a lot of the classic designs that I'll get credit for because I've made, well, in, in many cases, quite honestly, I've made more of them than he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but he started it, uh, you know, and so really that's, that's where, that's where the credit lies is, uh, is Reggie Parks. Yeah. Now I have heard of Reggie Parks. Um, and now correct me if I'm wrong. Now he created the AWA mid eighties championship, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And that was the one that, uh, uh, Danya, uh, I think he wanted to put it on Lawler and Lawler didn't like it. No, um, it, it really, uh, Jerry, Jerry actually was never a fan of the, of the big Nick Bockwinkle belt. Yeah. Um, but he, he wouldn't have turned it down. Don't get me wrong. Conversations with Jerry, he just felt like it was a little too gaudy for it, which, yeah. you know, it's, that's a matter of taste and stuff, but he just feels like a belt should be like jewelry. And Jerry actually loved the one that, that he did win. Um, yeah. He, yeah, he really loved that belt, but yeah, that, you know, Stan Hansen had, uh, had been stripped of the title because Vern um, kind of, you know, Vern knew that a Japan tour was planned uh, with Stan as the AWA champion. Yeah. So he gets him on his last, what I believe was his last date in, uh, I want to say Denver, and he gets into the arena with the belt, and he tells him, oh, by the way, you're dropping it to Bachwinkle tonight. Yeah. And Stan says, no, you know I've got this tour coming up. I'll drop it when I get back, but I, I'm I'm going on the tour with the belt because you know that this is booked this way. What it was was Stan wasn't sharing his Japan money with Vern, and, um, you know, that, that was that. So Vern says, okay, fine, I'll take the belt back. Well, Stan left with the belt. They didn't think they would ever get it back. It turns out that they did later after he ran over it with his truck and sent it back in a trash bag. Yeah. Um, but they didn't know they were ever getting that belt back. So that's when he had Reggie make the other one, which Reggie had made plenty of belts for Vern over the years. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's, that's a, a rather long oration on that story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did hear, I mean, I, I, I was, I didn't know just the, 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 the minute details. I did know just the overarching, you know, Hellman Hanson had a falling out and then he ran over it uh, with his truck and sent it back. So, yeah. Right. Um, uh, Martel, Martel held that belt too, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. That, matter of fact, uh, Martel, I believe, dropped it to Hanson. Yeah. I think that's Hanson. right. Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. Now, let's get to the the big gold belt. Uh, was Reggie credited for that too? Because that was what? Because uh, the NWA Championship Flair had, and then the big gold belt was that came in what, late eighties. 
1986. Yeah, 86, yeah. Yeah. So mid-80s. Yeah, not, not a Reggie belt. Yeah, exactly right. It started all in, in early 86, around that same time as all the horseman stuff had really gotten in, in high gear. And um, I know, you know, it's funny because many will say um, it's definitely one of the most iconic belts in pro wrestling. And so many, many people will tell you it is the most iconic belt in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, uh, it was not made by a championship belt maker. It was made by Crumline, uh, based in Reno, Nevada, and they were uh, primarily were silversmiths, but they were primarily known for rodeo belt buckles. Mm. And Nelson Royal uh, worked for Crockett, had a relationship with him because he also was involved in rodeo. And um, when um, uh, the AWA belt kind of ties into this again, and, and not everybody will. We'll, we'll pick up on that, but, um, you know, uh, Ric Flair started off in the AWA mm-hmm. and he had seen, he had seen, uh, the belt. I'm sure. Uh, I think that uh, that actually might've been the, the smaller belt. So maybe I'm wrong on that, but he had seen the belt for sure. He'd actually even wrestled uh, Bachwinkle. Um, anyway, I think it, at the time, even though the 10 pounds of gold is, is one of the most iconic belts ever. I think they were just going for bigger and flashier than the AWA and bigger and flashier than anything else that they could, you know, could get their, their hands on. Uh, and so that's where Nelson Royal entered the picture. And, um, this is a good time to, to throw a pitch in there for my buddy, uh, Dick Bourne, Mid Atlantic Gateway site. Uh, I contributed, uh, but Dick wrote, wrote a book, not only one on the 10 pounds of, of gold, but also one on the, the big gold belt. Um, that I was involved uh, with, uh, you know, and helped out with. And so those books are easy to find and great, great sources of information that just tell you about not only the title histories, but the physical belts uh, and the construction of them and and, uh, lots and lots of ins and outs and uh, even paperwork and things like that that you didn't, you'd never get to see anywhere else um, where where the belt was ordered uh, by Jim Crockett Promotions. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and, and the the big gold belt, like you said, is, is definitely one of, if not the most uh, iconic uh, belt that we've seen. Now, there was a different kind of rendition of the big gold belt that was quite smaller that we saw in the WWE. Now, did you do the remake of that, or uh, it was still Nelson? That actually, the the remake, um, not not a lot smaller actually. The the strap narrowed down a little more and stuff. The plates were pretty pretty close. Um, was actually something that that um, they had Reggie do, okay. because uh, at that point in time, let's see, that would have been oh two oh three somewhere around there. Well, yeah, that one actually they, it showed back up on on WCW, but it started when they were digitizing it. Uh, digitizing it on uh, WWF television. Uh-huh. Uh, Reggie Reggie did that, and the whole idea was to they've been using a, a, a modified tag team belt for Rick once they got the court order that they couldn't show the belt on right. television. Yeah. And too many people were saying yeah, ninety two ninety one right. Uh, when, yeah, when right, I'm right, exactly, yeah. right. And and a lot of people were catching on and saying, man, that's just a tag team belt. So they needed something that at least had the overall look and shape of it with a lot of jewels and stuff in it. So Reggie just, uh, that's where Reggie came up with that. Um, we still have the original artwork for it, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Rick Rick kept the belt and, and uh, brought it back onto uh, WCW television when he went back. And at the time, he just 
uh, proclaimed himself the real world champion again, just like he had done before. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, that's the story on that and why it came into being. And, uh, Rick actually gifted it some years ago to, uh, to Triple H. So, oh, nice. yeah. yeah, that's where it's at now. That's awesome. Um, so, you, uh, so you said around early nineties, around 93 and on, you kind of got the torch passed to you as far as the design, right? Just started getting my feet wet in it, probably 94, 95-ish, you know, as far as getting going. And I made them. I'd been doing belts, uh, not really just for myself was the whole idea in the beginning. You know, I just liked it. It was something that I started doing as a kid and making them out of cardboard. And then, and then I had an uncle that worked in a, a shop where we could cut out sheets of steel. And um, so I had sold to some indie, you know, unknown indie groups. And then... Um, Jerry Lawler, as a matter of fact, had, had uh, let me redo some of the belts and, and do some work for him that he put on Memphis Television. Uh, and from there, of course, it, it started to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's just scattered in as far as um, I've done everything since then from belts for uh, New Japan, TNA, WWE, Madonna, uh, you know, lip sync battle, you name it. But in the beginning, you know, uh, all that stuff, just, just because of how media in general has changed. Um, I kind of get a lot of credit for things that Reggie actually did. So I always try to clear that up and say, Hey, I'm proud of what I've done. And I've got a body of work. That's, uh, that's, you know, there's a lot to it over the last 25 years, but, but, you know, ultimately again, it's, uh, it started with Reggie. So my stuff, you know, as far as national stuff, um, I had helped Reggie with some stuff, but really my stuff probably, you know, GHC belt in Japan would have been what, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling Noah and all this stuff. And that's when I started getting a little bit more because they get little snippets over here as far as the the wrestling magazines and that sort of thing. So, yeah. you know, I, man, I never cared about, I mean, it, it's great to be known, but uh, I just loved what I was doing, you know. It was, I've loved them since I was a teenager, since I was a kid, and um, you know, it's it's funny because uh, I'm, you know, I, I was the guy kind of in Reggie's shadow, and um, I didn't mind it there. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind being there at all, you know. Uh, and now that's that's all changed, and of course, with the times changing, and social media has has come around, and. Um, you know, Reggie at 84 doesn't care about being active on social media or that kind of thing or doing doing much of anything like that anymore. So, um, you know, it's just changed, and I'm kind of the more well-known guy. But, um, you know, uh, I've done I've done a lot of stuff, but really uh, there's nothing I'm more proud of than, than the fact that I'm connected to Reggie Parks, the guy that started it all. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, as far as you can recall, what was the first WWE design that you – uh, were uh, you know, that's your credit to creating. Well, after after I had gotten um, kind of hooked up with Reggie, uh, shortly thereafter, it would have been ninety six, ninety seven. There was kind of a falling out um, between the WWF at the time and and our camp. Mm-hmm. Um, things were changing. Uh, they wanted contracts signed on belts. They they wanted exclusive rights to the designs, which Reggie wasn't willing to sign over. Um, and thank God he didn't. That's come into play for us many years later and, mm-hmm. and is, uh, is part of our income. Um, Reggie was always a handshake guy. You know, it's just uh, no contracts and that, that kind of thing. It used to be very simple. Um, anybody from 
you know, in the old NWA office, or like Georgia, uh, Mid-Atlantic, whatever, the guys in the office, sometimes Dusty Rhodes himself would call and say he wanted a belt. <clears throat> Chief J. Strongbow uh, called him to order the, uh, what we now call the Winged Eagle belt, which is our probably most iconic belt. And uh, it was as simple as we just want an eagle that consumes the main plate, you know, consumes kind of the whole front plate of the belt. <clears throat> and, you know, the, re- the rest was up to, to Reggie and crew to, to come up with it. So anyway, back to the story, 96-ish, um, I believe, I want to say 96, we just had that falling out. And, um, and they went uh, another direction because of no contract would be signed and, uh, quite honestly, although this was not what you'll read on the internet sometimes, the straw that broke the camel's back, a guy had gone on television, uh, on a talk show with a, um, uh, WWF style intercontinental belt that said he was the world light heavyweight champion or junior heavyweight champion or something like that. And he claimed to be affiliated with the company. And that's kind of why they, they had a legitimate claim to say, hey, we want control of designs or an agreement where this can't happen again. Because the guy was in no way affiliated with the company. He was just a, just one of those shyster guys that put a story out, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just kind of figured that ship had sailed. I'd never worked for him. And that was that. And they actually came back to me in, I want to say, 2008. Um and that's where I started working with them. I had done everything else under the sun and figured I'm just the, I figured I'm just the, uh, the indie guy from now on. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get the WWE thing because that ship has sailed. Because yeah. it was not a pleasant, it was not a pleasant um, a breakup, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> and um, they came back in, in uh, 08, and the first thing they had me do was the oval intercontinental style belt that they do. Now they already had had some of those, but they had me start making them and they had me make a couple of things that never saw the light of day. Uh, not because of me or what they, they were their designs. It's just, they'd get to the top and they'd say, yeah, we don't like it after all. Mm. Um, so really it all started with, uh, a couple of phone calls and them asking me, would I be interested in taking up, uh, making their belts, which, at one point in time, several years ago, I was making all their belts. Um, and now I think they've got three or four of us working for them because they have so many titles yeah. that <laughs> it would consume. I mean, if one guy's doing it, he's not going to do anything else. Right. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know, not not timelines. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, the, the, long, the, the long explanation to get back to that, uh, in 2007, 2008, they called me and we started back at that point with a good relationship in the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then did you? Did you use the same plate as the classic uh, Intercontinental title, or did you? Or did they? Uh, I guess. I guess my question is: Did you do the remake when when Cody uh, had it? Because he was he was the one who shifted it back to the classic right. design. Did you do the remake of that, or did they use the old plate? Legally, um, our company had to do it okay. but what happened was and again this gets into them being such a, a big entity that that you know you one hand sometimes doesn't know what the other hand is doing and somebody uh in the television department that um uh, that worked for kevin dunn thought that they had to order it from the last guy that i had picked up from mm-hmm. uh, the guy in ohio joe marshall who who had made the 
uh, oval intercontinental belt originally and, and the Attitude Era belts. And he had made those. And um, they thought they had to order, again, Creative Services knew they had to come to me, or, I mean, for anything we owned anyway. Um, the person in the television department thought that they had to go to the other guy. So they actually, I wasn't watching. Uh, and a friend of mine texted me the night that Cody debuted that belt. And he said, man, I like the Intercontinental belt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he says, the new one. I was like, I, I, what new one? So I watched the replay and I saw it. And at 8 o'clock the next morning, I was on the phone with him. And I said, you know, I don't want to rock the boat, but you, you, you can't do that. No. And they're like, what do you mean we can't do it? And, um, the person I spoke to in creative service actually didn't even know it had been done. She said, I didn't even know. I didn't watch it. I didn't know that they even showed a new belt. I said, okay, well, um, we'll get to the bottom of it. We did, and quickly, uh, within a, a, a month or two, replaced it with my version of it, and we got the other one off of television and uh, and done it in the company. It's not even in the company's possession anymore, as a matter wow. of fact. So, so we got rid of it and got it straightened out. It's just, you know what, in a, in a company that size, things like that are going to happen. Yeah, that's true, very true. Now we have the interesting designs. We have uh, just the... The WWE logo slapped in the middle of both of the world titles, the WWE Championship and the uh, Universal Championship. And then we have a copper-style design for both the Raw and SmackDown um, tag uh, team championships. Uh, right. we got the classic design for the Intercontinental and then uh, a, a design that came... A little after the brand split, the WWE's version of the United States Championship. Now, other than the Intercontinental Championship, which one of those uh, or collection of those are you responsible for? Um, the short and simple answer first, on television right now, uh, I am only responsible for the Intercontinental and the United States titles. Okay. Um there was some confusion when they did the brand split again. I was supposed to do all that stuff. And again, one hand didn't know what the other one was doing kind of thing. And mm -hmm. um, uh, some of it got, and actually, like I said, there are four of us now. One of us not actually a championship belt maker, that being Orange County Choppers, that are involved in that process. And the other three of us are belt makers uh, that, that do belts for them. Um, but if you circle back and you, and you get to where they first started doing the logo design, when it was the other logo, mm -hmm. that started with me. So that leather pattern that you see in the end on those belts is something I created. Um, and so now they just have everybody trying to copy that uh, and, and with varying degrees of success in all honesty. But, you know, we... I created that pattern. I started that style. Of, I, I did. The creative Services came up with the idea, and we actually shot down a bunch of ideas. One of them, they even wanted. Uh, they asked me could I put hinges on the main plate to the side piece, and I was like, um, I can, but I won't. <laughs> it just gets somebody else. It's a terrible idea. Why is it a terrible idea? So I had to go through all the reasons that it wouldn't work. We finally got past all of that. The um, the tag team titles. I begged them, please let me make them nickel. Let me make them gold. Uh, the copper ones I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. Let me make them nickel. Let me make them gold. Let me make them silver and gold. Just, just don't make me do copper. And it, and it just come down that uh, the, from the top that copper was what they wanted. Um, 
Uh, I think in particular, Stephanie McMahon was was really just wanted to do something different. She just wanted, you know, was, they want to kind of reinvent the wheel every time as something that's not used somewhere else, and which is understandable. And so when they bottom lied it for me and said, look, it's it's going to be copper. And I was like, okay, I can do copper. So I did that, thinking, well, at some point in time, we'll get to change these. And then um, when they changed them was when the brand split stuff happened. They employed a few other guys, and it's like, and that work went all around the place. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't get to do them. I was like, are you kidding me? I begged them, please don't let me make these copper. <laughs> so um, really kind of all of that stuff started with me. And has just kind of branched out as they've grown to the point they've got so many titles that it's you just really can't put them all on one person anymore as right. far as ma- the maker. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like, you know, I, I started watching wrestling in the 80s, and, and, and uh, as I've grown and, and become a journalist uh, for the past decade or so, I've, you know, watched uh, WWE, uh, I've watched pro wrestling stuff, you know, 10, 20 years before I was born, so even dating back to the 60s and you know i do i do remember that uh, a lot of times you know like for instance like uh buddy uh buddy rogers you know he kind of look kind of look like an actual belt you know what i mean and, uh right uh and then of course as pro wrestling became more popular the designs became bigger um and i don't know it's just i, I remember watching in the 80s just those classic, you know, uh, designs. Uh, even the television championship having the ABC and the CPS logo on a satellite, you know, <laughs> right. satellite dish and things like that. Exactly. I've got one of those in my in my in my den uh, that I've had for for years uh, that I made years and years ago, but that I use when I do the convention appearances and that that kind of thing. But um, I'm with you, man. Honestly, you know, hey, I, I do what I get paid to do, and um, and they, you know, whatever the company wants, and I don't mean just WWE. Anybody, if they say they want it copper, then copper it is. Whatever, whatever I get paid to do. But yeah. at, at heart, what I love are the classic belts. Uh, I'm actually involved with a, a local promotion here. I, I, I'm now uh, in Ardmore, Tennessee, which is um, actually closer to Huntsville, Alabama, than it is any other major city in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm involved with a local promotion here called Rocket City Championship Wrestling. And our theme, as far as title belts go, is the old-school Southern-style belts. Um, you know, and our main title is the United States title. It's just like the silver uh, Crockett belt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's uh, that the owner, uh, my buddy, uh, Barry Kohlhoff, I mean, that's that's all his idea. I thought when he started it and he contacted me, I thought, well, he's going to want, you know, the newer, flashier, bigger stuff. And no, he wanted, he's like, let's let's use classic designs, yeah. um, things that kind of honor the, the heritage of pro wrestling. And, and you'd be, you know, you'd actually, you probably wouldn't be surprised, but these young guys come in here and they'll win the title was, uh, and they'll say, like, oh, it's so small compared to the other ones I've had. And I was like, yeah, but the other ones that you had are $200 made in Pakistan things. You're yeah. getting a hold of $1,500 belt, you know? Uh, yeah. And so they, they kind of see it in a different light when they compare it. And it's just, you're exactly right though. It's, it's that, that misconception that everything is supposed to be uh, big and gaudy and um, and all of that. And I mean, I can I can do whatever, but uh, yeah. my heart is in the classic stuff. I get asked all the time uh, by people that I meet uh, if they happen to be close enough. Hey, can I bring my kids over to see your stuff? And I'm like, you know, you can. 
And there's a couple of things they'll probably recognize. But I'm a big kid, man. I, you know, and when you go out there, you're going to see things that I like. Yeah. That either I grew up on or was a part of earlier on or, or whatever. You know, you're not, you'll see a couple of the WWE things that I've been responsible for. You know, but you're not going to see everything that you see on, on television now because, um, you know, that's just not what I, what I'm out to collect and keep for myself to show off and display in my den or at the convention appearances that I do. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Man. And as, uh, as I saw, cause I have, uh, just replicas of, uh, I have the Attitude Era, uh, uh title, which is one of my favorites because it had like a round type of sure. look to it. And I have the big gold belt and I have the current uh, WWE championship. It took me a while to even kind of like the WWE championships because oh, I'm, I'm a big kid too. And, and uh, I'm so used to just a plate with like a world globe in it somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's, sure. what I'm, that's what I'm used to. Were there any designs uh, even past five, seven years or so that you created for the WWE that they shot down, or has it been just, um, you know, just have they been real stern about their wanting to really promote their logo? Um, it's just all changed when we when we parted ways in '96, um, '97. Designs were submitted. And, you know, that's how they got the winged eagle belt. That's how they got the intercontinental belt, mm-hmm. the tag to the classic, you know, WWF tags or WWE later tag team belts. Um, but in part of that process of wanting contracts and merchandising changing and all of that stuff, um, they started creating their own designs. Mm-hmm. So actually what happens is when they want something made, they'll send you the design, um, and you have to sometimes tell them because, you know, these are not people that are building belts. These are people that are sitting at computers and, and creating artwork. And you right. have to tell them sometimes what's feasible and what's not, what will work better than something else. Um, but they, they own, like we own the Intercontinental Design because it was grandfathered in. It was ours. We owned it. And when they brought it back, um, actually the merchandising and everything, we get a cut of that as well as anything like the Winged Eagle uh, replicas or uh, toys, uh, video game licensing, all that stuff. <clears throat> we get we get part of that, but you know they want to get away from that as much as possible. Which again, that's business. They own those designs, um, and one reason they change designs up every so often is, quite honestly, replica sales is is a is a lot of income. Yeah. Um. So, but no, so we don't actually submit designs anymore. I I, I get it. I get uh people tweet me and people send me messages and emails and it's like you should get them to change this belt or you should get them or I'm sick of that US belt you should send them something new and it's like that's not at all how it works um, they don't take submissions um, because they're not interested in um, you know in adding to the library if somebody else owns the art they want to own it and um, and they do so right now the only thing on their television that they don't on lock, stock, and barrel is the Intercontinental title. Mm, interesting. How long does it take you to make one of those belts? Well, it varies. You know, we can we can uh, knock out an Intercontinental belt. It's not going to take that long. But when I was doing those original, what the what the uh, belt fans, the, the self-professed belt marks, call the big logo belt. I mean, my gosh, man, I'm drilling holes and setting 500 plus stones in every belt, and I mean, it, it, it would take a long time. It'd take a matter of months. Um, 
really now, uh, like the last intercontinental and U.S. belts were made over the course of a couple of months. Um, you know, um, just just because, uh, and that process even is because the companies, the vendors that we deal with, engraving companies, plating companies, have a workload uh, that uh, doesn't all revolve around championship belts. They they were in business before they got the belt business added into their stuff, you know, and, uh, and added into their workload, doing other projects and signage and uh, as far as the engraving companies and the plating companies do everything from car parts to keychains to, I mean, you name it. If it's if you see something plated uh, out in the market somewhere, somewhere a plating company did that. Even if it was one in China, somewhere it was plated. Mm. Um and so really it's just it just it just uh it's all over the place. You know, we can do something basic and it's not gonna take that long. Uh the collectors wait years and the reason for that is quite honestly, when you have big contracts, um, which again WWE is, has slacked off on that as far as putting everything on us because now it's divided among several of us. But there's other people. Lip Sync Battle uh television has ordered like over a hundred belts since they started that show. Mm. And they're complicated belts. They're, I mean, they're layered layered belts with stone set on them, and uh, I mean, the main plate's three layers thick. And so, you know, a lot of time goes into each one of those, uh, and it backs everything else up. And you know, everybody, uh, I, I, I try to, I don't want to say scare collectors off. I, I, I do want their business, but I get emails every day. As a matter of fact, I get you know sometimes sometimes as little as fifty, and sometimes as much as a hundred plus emails a day. And to be productive and get the work out that I have to get out, I yeah. can't even I can't even answer all of them all the time. Yeah. Uh, it takes me months to get. Sometimes I'll realize I haven't answered somebody in three weeks, you know. Um, but you know, I just try to scare them off enough to say. And if they come back and say, "I don't care, I'll wait it out. I know what this is going to be worth when it's done," then I'll take their business. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want anybody to be misled or whatever. Yeah. And the upside to it is, uh, I've been fortunate enough to build a name. That if you've paid me, let's just say fifteen hundred dollars to make a belt, um, if and when, and a lot of people say I'll never sell it, and then the next thing you know, it's on eBay or wherever. Um, there are exceptions to everything, but by and large, you're if not double your money, you're still going to make a big profit if you sell it. You know, so um, there there are people that have made businesses completely out of reselling mostly my belts, but they're mine and Reggie's belts, I should say, that have built. Don't like resale businesses just on our stuff because the market for it is so good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And some of them you really can't find much anywhere else. Um, you know, right. I was I was, uh, was digging and clawing and scratching for uh, um, the, the AWA championship before it was ran over, and uh, you know right. there's like there's like very few out there that uh, you can grab uh, usually like on eBay or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. The, 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 we call them bootleggers. Um, the, and most of them are actually made in Pakistan. You can go on eBay and find cheap knockoff versions of anything, but a guy that really wants to have something to display that's going to have any pride in it, it's not going to be happy with that. Um, you know, then again, that's not really on market anyway, because you're going to get those belts for between two and $400 usually. And it's going to cost me more than that to etch the nameplate uh, of one of those before we talk, before we're talking plating, stones, bolts, leather, anything, because the quality level is so much different. Right. Um, it's like anything else. You can have a Rolex or you can have a fake Rolex. It's, it's your call. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, real quick before we end, before we close here, um, IWGP Championships. You're you're responsible for the heavy and the light heavy, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those designs. I think that uh, those were awesome. It seems like the TNA Legends Championship has a very similar. You you, you create the legend style too, right? Yeah, my my uh, uh, our other Reggie and our other business partner Rico Man had designed all all of those that you just mentioned, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and and I made those belts, and um, you know, it's again each one of those that you named. That's those are pretty intense belts as far as like everything that went into them. Yeah, uh, I think our jeweler probably made more money than anybody on the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Belt um, yeah. just because of all the work that went into it. Um, and advantage, what a shame of what that what that thing looks like now. Um, but you know, that's that's a five figure belt that uh, they have just allowed to be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially the intercontinental uh, uh, one. It, <laughs> yeah, they tore it up on purpose. Yeah, yeah. weird, very strange deal. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I, I like the designs. The designs are great, but. It, doesn't seem like the maintenance is that is that good? No, I I actually said uh, when they when they did the Intercontinental, I said because um, all that business went through Rico, who handles uh, most of our office type business, but he handles all the Japan stuff. And I said, please talk them out of the white leather. It's the same thing I've tried to do with WWE for years now. I can do it all day long. It's not a problem, but when it's in and out of bags with boots on top of them and yep. things like that, it started looking rough. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, nope, they want white leather. I said, well, it's too much of a copycat thing. First of all, they're having an intercontinental title and they're having a white intercontinental title, but mm-hmm. okay, that's what they're paying me to do. And it's not infringing because it doesn't look anything like it. So it's just, it can't infringe anyway. Truly it's our design, but you know, uh, gosh, then, then I did see, uh, I uh, did see the video where they uh, finally just broke it intentionally, and I'm like, you know what kind of effort that takes, and how? Yeah. I mean, to, to 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 make the leather look rough is is just going to happen with wear and tear, but to intentionally destroy it to replace it with what's probably a three or four hundred dollar uh, factory made version, you know, and it looks good on the lights, but up close it would not compare. Trust me. Um, you know, and it's just, I just, I don't understand it. But um, there have been some office changes and shifts over there, so they do things a little different now. So yeah. be it, you know. Yeah, very true. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure today. I guess the last question I should ask is uh, just what are your overall thoughts on the current Universal Championship? I think that's uh, uh, from from all the fans of the show and, and, and peers and colleagues that I've chatted with about that uh, Universal Championship. First of all, I'm not a big fan of the name, um, although um, Universal Championship is known in, in the Mexican, uh, Puerto Rican uh, uh, right. scene. WWC. As, yeah, yeah, well, Russian Council of the Colognes, and um, uh, their Universal Champion is, uh, you know, that that's their top prize, but... Uh, a lot of people don't know that, you know, um, sure. they, they they don't like the name of the championship. But it, it, it does seem odd, especially coming from that big gold belt feel to the universal title with the red strap. I'm used to the red strap, strap you know, being uh, uh, related to the television championship, um, sure. but not, you know, that big title. 
what are your overall thoughts on just the concept of universal championship by name and just by design? Let me let me preface it by saying, um, you know, this is not meant as as a knock for the company that I have a great relationship with, and uh, uh, really, uh, if I didn't make any of the belts that were on television, still have great great licensing and merchandising deals with, and yeah. and um, I'm in no way meaning to knock it, but personal opinion, personal opinion only, I don't like the brand split at all anyway i think the world champion should travel between shows uh i don't think you can have uh i don't think you can have more than one main title i just Mm -hmm. don't and so i'm i'm not a big fan of the the universal concept at all overall again strictly you know my opinion i'm not not a big fan of the universal concept and if i was going to do a universal title it wouldn't just be a version of the world championship on different leather with right. one word changed or whatever it is, you know, and that's just, that's just my two cents. Um, actually I was in the, the discussions when all that happened. And now again, the people I work with there aren't responsible for anything other than designs. They're told what titles they're going to like create, you know, draw up a universal title. And in this case, they were obviously told, make it like the other ones we're going with push the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't I don't like the fact that um I like little subtle tie ins. I like the way that Reggie and I followed suit, make little certain things about our leather that are usually similar that will kinda of tie these belts together without some people won't even notice it unless you get close to one. Mm-hmm. I I like that subtlety. I don't like looking at something and saying, Okay, that's the red logo, that's the white and blue logo, mm-hmm. that's the white and red logo, that's the black logo. Mm-hmm. That, just my personal opinion. Yeah. I think that for all the money that they make on replica sales, I think if they had buried those designs up and if they had done something unique for each one of them, their replica sales would be a lot. And they're great. Don't get me wrong. Their replica sales are great. But I think they'd be a lot better if they had made a, more of a variance there. And, and the people that I speak with uh, that, that approach me uh, at shows and, and all that kind of thing, they – they tend to agree because they hit me with it. I don't go around spouting that off. I don't. I have to be asked before I'm even going to say anything like that. Yeah. And that's what I hear all the time: is that why? Why does that look just like the other one? And a lot of times they don't. They think I did it all because, again, how many of those? I, I don't mean any disrespect because there's some great, great people making belts for them. But I mean, the truth is, most people, even if they know belt makers, they know me or they might know Reggie they don't really know some of these other people that make these belts. So yeah. I, I, if they don't like it, I kind of get blamed for it, right. even when I don't have anything to do with it. Yeah. There's some new belts probably on the horizon I have nothing to do with. So let me put that out there right now. That's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey, you know what? That's just, that's just how we play the game. If they, uh, if they like it, then you hear that. And if they don't, you hear that too. Yeah. So you know, belts on the horizon, have you heard anything about Potentially, women's tag team titles uh, coming up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have, but I mean, I, I'm not privy to it. Um, anything that I've heard is probably similar to what you've heard or read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that works is um, they you have a confidentiality clause. Yeah. So if I was involved in it, I couldn't tell you anyway. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But what I can do uh, is tell you unequivocally that I'm not. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that probably exists now. Sometimes things exist and they change their minds and they never debut. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's happened with concepts they've sent my way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I think that they probably are out there. I think they're probably already made. Um, but you know, that's just that's just hearsay. That's just stuff that uh, it's not based on anything official. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's let's uh, be sure to keep <laughs> make that clear for our listeners. Make that clear. Make that clear. <laughs> Dave Milliken did not say that there's new belts out there. I'm right. saying, I think there are because of some things that I've read from people that I know. Check into that sort of thing. I personally don't check into it, and uh, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're doing fantastic, and uh, you know um, uh, you're you know you're you're one of the uh, the unsung heroes. You know it's. Uh, it's funny because uh, the Ultimate Warrior, when he became um, a Hall of Famer a few years back, uh, you know, it's 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 great for the kind of philanthropic uh, kind of angle that they have now with it, with with just honoring uh, you know survivors uh, of sure. you know various you know types of um, you know um, hurdles and, and and illnesses, diseases, things like that. Well, you know, great, um, but that wasn't the original intent of the Warrior Award. You know, it was right. just kind of not not what he described. And 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 thank right. you for saying that. By the way, as far as I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. But I certainly appreciate the sentiment, and I do, I do agree with you 100. percent That's not what Warrior laid out there, as far as his idea for it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, and can't knock what they have done because yeah, uh, you yeah. know, but that. Certainly, the as you said, philanthropic work there is is tremendous. Uh, so I'm certainly not knocking that. I just don't. It, but but he laid out his idea for it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and it was to crown the unsung heroes, to to crown the cameraman and, and the people who really um, are, don't get the credit that they deserve as far as really helping the the conglomerate, the empire that is WWE and. Um, personally, I think someone like a Jim Johnston, who, sure. uh, you know, who was so <laughs> instrumental in creating most of the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s WWE music, and, and someone like yourself, who, you know, uh, so many of the belt designs that we've seen over the past 20 years was something that you spent hard hours on. And so if if I had a Warrior Award based on what the Ultimate Warrior Originally intended it for, I think that you will get one in, in, in my hall of fame. Yeah, it's it doesn't exist, well, but uh, in my hall of fame, you definitely get one. Well, uh, you know what, Chris? I, I mean, that's, that's just 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 the thought that that somebody like yourself would would think that is good enough for me. And uh, and and just to backtrack very quickly, uh, Jim Johnson, absolutely. Are you kidding? I mean, my gosh, that guy, what is what all is that guy responsible for right. that we still hear in our heads today? Or, or you, you know, if the rock shows back up, right? You know what I mean? Uh, if when Stone Cold comes through, you know, with, with these guys that, um, you know, I was around when they started, and to, but but he he added so much to their. I was I was uh, watching a, a documentary on Jaws a few minutes of it anyway last night, and they talked at the end about the John Williams score and how the movie would not be the same without it. Wow. And it, and you can apply that here because without Jim's work, Stone Cold's entrance wouldn't be the same. Yep. The Rock's entrance wouldn't be Chris the same. Jericho. You can go on and on with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. You know, another tremendous entrance that you take you take Jim out of that equation and it's not the same. So you're absolutely you're a hundred percent spot on. Jim to me would probably be the first guy to 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 get that. Yep, absolutely. Well, Dave, it's been a pleasure. I've been I've interviewed over a hundred people and. Um, 
I would have to say that you're one of my favorites uh, so far. And uh, I I appreciate that. Sitting under the learning tree of a belt maker uh, is is, uh, fantastic. So it's been a pleasure, Dave. I really appreciate your your time and uh, just all the awesome impartation that you've given me here in this conversation and all the listeners uh, that are uh, supportive of of the show. I really appreciate it. Well, Chris, thanks so much for having me, man. And, uh, uh, you know, real quick, a lot of people, nobody would know this because Chris probably ain't going to tell you, but I actually messed this whole thing up and was way late today, and uh, he was very patient with me and understanding. And, man, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, I'd be happy to do it anytime. Awesome. Uh, Before we go, be sure to plug your work. Where can they find your social media and, and so forth? My website, because I, it's not the, the poor uh, guy that does it or has done it in the past, uh, is so many years, many, many years out of date, because how many winged eagles and television belts and U.S. belts do you need to see? But uh, And a lot of the custom stuff or the newer stuff hits my Twitter, at Dave Milliken. Uh, there's a, an outdated Facebook page out there, too, and stuff, and that's all my fault. I just don't have time to, to do it. It's real quick, you know, social media instance. You know, you can throw something up in a minute on Twitter or Instagram, and I do that. Uh, so Dave Milliken or at Dave Milliken there, and, and you can uh, you can find me there, and that's the best place to keep up with me. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dave. It's, it's been great. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We taking this year You know who we are But you don't know why we here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living guy Get out the big boys way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them to the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gats and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, raving, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier. Mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals. Using God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby E. And me and Priest, we the dangerous alliance. Nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep. You are what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back. We repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the Power on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You too, I'm in the raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash to the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 ladies and gentlemen. 
Dave Milliken, uh, just a classic belt maker. What a trip under the learning tree of Dave Milliken. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to go that long, but uh, it was absolutely fantastic, man. Um, learned there was so much to, to, to know. It's just, like I said, man, it's just uh, I love talking to people really behind the scenes to really the people who are responsible for making the wrestlers look good. And um, Dave Milliken is one of those people. Uh, so uh, go to uh, iTunes and subscribe to it and listen to the interview with Dave Milliken, the belt maker. Uh, very interesting stuff. So thank you once again, Dave Milliken. Uh, go to blogtalkradio.com, download the interview, and tell people about the show. As we got Mo, we got Joseph, we got Multiopolis, we got the we got the crew, we got the PNP Nation hashtag PNP Nation coming on here. The Wrestling Inc. Live and Living Color YouTube page getting funky like a monkey if you will. We're gonna have some fun like we do as always, ladies and gentlemen. This uh, this episode is gonna be truncated because uh, because of the interview being so long, but. Um, we're still going to have a lot of fun, and we're still going to act trivia just like we always do every week. So without further ado, let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Who did Kerry Von Erich defeat to win the Intercontinental Championship? Who did Kerry Von Erich win, uh, uh, defeat to win the Intercontinental Championship? Brandon, Brandon's already on it. Brandon is already on it, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Perfect. Speaking of Mr. Perfect, um, today we're going to talk about the flavor of the week. Where no one told me, no one uh, suggested any movie, and I was looking at different movies to watch, and I was like, uh, I'm not really interested in, uh, in most of the movies that I saw. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just there wasn't any interest there, unfortunately. Uh, so I guess the unless someone tweets me at Chris Prolific, a movie to watch that I haven't watched, that's a PG, PG-13, a wrestling movie, um, you know, let me know. If not, uh, I guess last week was the end of the, the, the hashtag wrestling movie series. Multi-Apples is asking, hashtag ask Chris. So what did your sources say about the question I asked on Twitter? So I did reach out to some sources, and um, they uh, – I didn't get any clear-cut answer as far as just uh, what Brock Lesnar, uh, well, how do you feel about Brock Lesnar? So maybe they're upset that if they find out that it was them that said it, they'll get beat up or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, speaking of sources, uh, I did um, uh, break some uh, some some true sources. Just the the, the validate. Um, Mo, I did see the wrestler. Yes, I did see that. Um uh I did I did break a, a source I did break some news about Monday people were you know speculating that Hulk Hogan may have come to Raw I did reach out and spoke to a source uh and he said that it was all speculation and people say crazy things and so I did break that Hulk Hogan was not on Raw so my sources were correct on that so um yeah I'm telling you man uh I I got some good sources uh, broke the broke the uh, Brian Lawler stuff, unfortunately, on uh, on uh, um, 
Wrestling Inc. As far as uh, reaching out to a source, uh, my boy Evan also, uh, um, uh, we were discussing it. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, I got another Ask Chris question. Um, uh, I just saw it. something about uh, Paul Heyman turning on uh, thoughts on Paul Heyman. Ask Chris. Yes, I did predict the Brock. I, I did. I, yes. Kudos to Mo, ladies and gentlemen. I did predict the that Brock Le, that the Paul Heyman will turn on Brock Lesnar. Uh, I've still, I've been saying that for weeks. I said I see a turn. I see a, I see a dissension between the two, and I see that uh, Roman Reigns. I, I still I stand by this. Roman Reigns. Uh, will uh, be in cahoots with Paul Heyman come SummerSlam, and it's making me real. It's making me very excited because a Roman Reigns heel turn with Paul Heyman at the helm, as far as the mic work. Oh my goodness, that's going to be. I'm very excited about that. So, a couple ask Chris questions before we unfortunately call the uh, somber moment of the three passing away and bring my boy Evan on here. Um, we have. Uh, a shorter version uh, of the show tonight, but but we're going to have some fun. Okay, so we got uh, Brandon asking, "Do you think Sable will ever make the Hall of Fame?" I just had a, you know, it's so funny. I just had a, uh, um, I just had a conversation about this um, recently, and I don't, I don't think so. I don't think she has, I don't think she has a strong enough body of work to be a Hall of Famer. Um, yes, yeah, she had a couple of, uh, you know. Cool moments, uh, you know she she was in a uh, she was in a time frame, but I, I wouldn't say her body overall body of work was Hall of Fame worthy. Personally, uh, Mike is asking, do you think of what do you think of Elias calling out the Rock a lot lately? Is there uh, there has to be a payoff, right? Yes, as far as I've heard, they may they're 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 kind of testing the waters to see if Rock could face Elias potentially, but. I don't see that as some type of big marquee match. I really like Elias. I think Elias is doing fantastic. He's one of the best overall characters in WWE. But to me, that just doesn't have a um, doesn't have a big fight marquee feel to it. All right, one more before we go. Jose is asking, would he would you have Cena as Doctor of Thugonomics and Undertaker, American BA at SummerSlam, and have a good buildup? No. I think ABA Taker, uh, there was some speculation that uh, he may have came, uh, he could, could could have potentially came back at WrestleMania. However, um, you know, uh, he didn't come back, which I'm very, very uh, happy that he didn't come back. Uh, and this guy here, Evan Tech Prout and I, we were there right next to each other to see uh, and uh, the return of the Undertaker, uh, and in a much better shape. So this this Undertaker was a lot better than the Undertaker we saw last year. He was. In <laughs> yeah, Taker Taker looked the best he had uh, since since thirty one, um, since since thirty one yeah. to thirty. So yeah. Taker looked good. Uh, it makes me even think like I kind of wish he. He would have took off a couple of years to get fully healthy. We knew he wasn't. He wasn't even fifty percent at uh, at Mania last year against Reigns. Um, right. It's funny because right. you know I'm not I'm not the biggest Reigns fan, but you know Reigns you have so soon. much heat. 
on that match. <laughs> I, I don't hate Reigns. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, I'm Reigns is okay. I'm not even gonna say I'm tired of Reigns. Reigns, Reigns is. I, I don't like the nickname. You know I don't. But uh, Reigns yeah. is the man to do it right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I will say it it, it, it is it is a trolling thing to do. Uh, when I was at the Ring of Honor shows, uh, we go to random events with each other, big dogs, and a lot of people just either get mad at these last. But we were, like I'm okay with Rings. I respect him, but he gets so much heat on things that he shouldn't. Uh, it's even worse than when Cena was right. uh, when we dealt with the 15 years of um, you know, Dr. Thugonomics, Cena Nation, Chain Gang, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, take him a great uh, this year at Mania, and I think it should come back as who he was at Mania to go against Cena, and we can see Cena possibly defeat and take at SummerSlam. And then the day they both really don't need to know the first Battle Hall of Famers. I just hope that they don't stretch it to where it has to be a rubber match at Mania next year. So if Taker goes against Cena at SummerSlam, have Cena defeat Taker, this ended. Let it be a technical, just a, a tie. Take a beat him at Mania. Seen to be some. Or well, they could do, you know, he, he debuted at uh, Survivor Series, so maybe they can do the rubber match at Survivor Series. Yeah, they can. Like I say, you know, that's that's a that's a big marquee match you could do at Survivor Series. You know, take a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, could win it. Like I said, it, we we went through two and three. Uh, rematches or matches we really didn't care about. So, I mean, that's a good idea. But Cena has, Nicholson, he has to. It would be best if Cena wins storyline purposes at SummerSlam. They, they need something. They need all the star power they can get. Yeah, I still think I still think Taker should have retired at 28. I, I think that was a perfect send-off. That match, the Hell in a Cell match between him and, and, and Triple H with Shawn Michaels as a ref was absolutely fantastic, I think. I still there's nothing that he's done over the past six years that makes me think differently that that he shouldn't have uh, retired at eight twenty nine doesn't mean anything because you know Punk doesn't even appreciate the fact that he went against Saker thirty he lost which I'm still not a fan of uh, losing against Lesnar thirty one um, never had to uh, <laughs> talk about that it didn't mean anything. that didn't mean anything Shane didn't mean anything. Last year, you know, uh, Reigns was fine. I was cool with Reigns. So maybe if, maybe if they wanted to break the streak, he could have ended at 28, maybe came back at 34 or 33 five years later. And Roman, and if they really wanted Reigns to be over like that, I would have been fine with that. But, I mean, just from 29 to 30, 29, 30, 31, 32, so for four years – it, it didn't mean anything. I mean, this year it was good to see him back, but you know, I I would have been okay without him, you know, honestly. Um, but you know, plus it was like a couple minutes, so it really didn't matter. Uh, let's just a couple of these ask Chris questions. We've got um, uh, Mike asking if you were booking Rock's next opponent, who would you put him with? Uh, Roman Reigns for sure. Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, one, uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, DX is saying, saying I agree, he should have retired 28. Yep, absolutely. All right, so let's let's really, we, we got uh, a shortage amount of time, uh, so let's jump right and back, right, 
uh, to the headlines. Before we go to the headlines, um, all right, let me let me address these questions. Do you, do you, Multi Apples is asking, uh, do you know if any wrestlers have any heat in the WWE? That's a good question. So you ask all these questions that I need to pull on for. So uh, that's another that's another question you need to tweet to me. Uh, yeah. I don't know that answer yet. I haven't talked to anybody about having heat in the WWE as far as specific people having heat, but uh, I'll, I'll reach out to people. Uh, Jump to was saying this, it's the man bun edition. Yes, I am sporting a man bun currently right now. For those who are li- looking and listening through the video cast, they can see me uh, in my man bun. I have locks, and they're in a man bun right now. So for those who are listening man to uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio or iTunes, you can only imagine, um, you know, me in my man bun. You can always archive it and look at it uh, on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube page, but it's always fun to do it now. Oh, wait a minute. It's, so, it's also, it's always fun to do it, do it now. Because you know why. <laughs> you you know why it's good to do it. Do it I now. do it for you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I do it for you. Next trivia question. The Invasion pay-per-view airs on which month? Aired on which month? The Invasion pay-per-view aired on which month? A, January. Multiple choice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Multiple choice: A. January, B. May, C. July, or D. October. The invasion pay-per-view aired on which month? A. January, B. May, C. July, or D. October. I'm seeing some October's in July. Um, the correct answer is C. July, ladies and gentlemen. July, July, July. I uh, got an actress question real quick. Mo uh, Brandon's asking, why do you think Goldberg was so over in WCW? That's easy, because he was the man! <laughs> he was just, uh, I mean, he was he was, uh, he was electric. I mean, it had nothing to do with his wrestling, because he barely even wrestled. He was just so electric. He was an anomaly. He was just I mean, just just his character much, was just so electrifying. So he, he's pretty much what Strowman should be now. <clears throat> Don't talk, be be somebody's butt and leave. Yeah, he uh, he, he grunted a lot, a lot. Yeah, he grunted, uh, he, grunted, he snorted, he grunted, snorted, sniffed, coughed, coughed, right. hacked. He spat and that a lot. Spat a lot, <laughs> sniffed. And, and he yeah. said, "Who's next?" That that was it. It, it. And his matches was under five minutes, unless he went against, yeah. you know, DDP, Sting, yeah. or Brett. But even then, the matches was, you know, Hogan, Hall, you know, Nash. Even then, the matches were they protected him. Uh, yeah, it was, this was it was just for Storman. That's yeah. what Storman should be now. He was but, the man. We'll, we'll was, get to that later. Yeah, yeah he's the reason why everybody's... He's yeah, the reason why people forget this. Goldberg is the one that started the branding of tattoos. Because before Goldberg, nobody mm. started showcasing tattoos and wrestling. 
and it was and no one gives Goldberg and WCW this, and WCW is not known for their market, their market, their market, their, uh, you know, them being great marketing. But because of that Goldberg mm-hmm. tattoo, after that, everybody started using their tattoos now on their shirts, or on you know, on their shirts, on their tights. Everybody started branding it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was the man. I was a big Goldberg fan back in the day. Uh, still am. Still am. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's in my top all time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it was uh, he's it was uh, he was exceptionally nice to me. Uh, before we talked, uh, before I interviewed him, uh, he was a great guy to me. All right, uh, one more trivia question before we get into the headlines. Here we go. Uh, someone people are, are asking me questions. Uh, hashtag Ask Chris. Hashtag Ask Chris. Uh, blank man is the Hardy Boys in 1999. <laughs> DHP already, ladies and gentlemen. Michael P.S. Hayes. What does the P.S. Nope. stand for? That's a real quick two-parter. What does the P.S. stand for, Michael P.S. Hayes? Um, all right. Uh, let's get right DHP into the headlines. Uh, jump tube saying purely sexy, almost, almost. Oh. All right, um, pretty sexy. Uh, let's see, pretty, pretty sexy. Michael <clears throat> P.S. Hayes. Uh, as I know, it was pretty sexy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jose is asking real quick, what's your favorite WrestleMania 20 match? Um. Yeah, purely sexy. You're right. Purely, purely sexy. Purely, yeah, purely sexy. Purely sexy. Mm. Um, favorite my favorite 20 match. WrestleMania 20 match. Uh, I loved Eddie Guerrero. I loved Eddie Guerrero. Um, Eddie Guerrero was did man. Right. I was so happy that he retained the, the 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 WWE Championship that night. So I would say Guerrero Angle. I'll probably say Guerrero Angle for us, man. Um, actually, hmm. uh, the triple threat yeah, was amazing I, too. Yeah, uh, I, I have to say, <laughs> yeah, one and one A, because you know, because because Eddie, Eddie and uh, Eddie and Angle was was good at SummerSlam too. But um, yeah, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. The Didn't Eddie wasn't Eddie Eddie and Angle uh, SummerSlam too? Didn't have a rematch. Was that Angle and Brock? Uh, Angle and Brock, I believe that year was SummerSlam 2002. Uh, let's see. Let's no, wrong. SummerSlam 02 was Brock and uh was Brock and Rock. Eddie and um Brock Eddie and, and Angle was right uh, the rematch. Rock I'm thinking of 03 was yeah. uh Angle. But now, yeah, I'm with you. Um, now if you think about it, yeah, Eddie, Eddie and Angle will be one, and the triple third will be one day for me. Uh, I, I agree. Yep. Yep. I liked Undertaker Kane. I didn't really like the match, but I just liked the mm. fact that Undertaker was coming back as Dead Man Taker. Short you hair. Know, so that was, uh, that was yeah. Um, and just uh, the triple third was fantastic because I mean Jr's commentary on yeah, that. Yeah, You have you know Chris Benoit's crazy side. Uh, you you have to watch WrestleMania 20 again, um, just to just to hear Jr's commentary 
when Benoit won because, I mean, dude, it just seemed like the dude was going to have a heart attack. Um, he was just, I mean, he was so into the match. It was fantastic. All right, uh, real quick, Mike's asking, would you agree that two top stars of the generation are Roman and Rollins seem to always be two top guys? First Hogan and Savage, then Brett and Sean, then Rock and Austin, Cena and Orton. No, I wouldn't that, say Rollins is the, is the top guy of the generation. Certainly Roman Reigns. What was the question? I would say... I would say uh, it says, would you agree that two top stars of this generation are Roman and Rollins? Seem to always be two top guys. First Hogan and Savage, then Brett and Sean, nah. and Austin. I would say Roman nah. for sure. Ro- Romans, Romans mm. top. Seth is Seth isn't there yet. Well, if he is, Seth is like no. if you compare them, Seth is like the the Ricky Steamboat. He's like the highest mid card you're going to get. And Ricky was great in WCW. And WWE, you know, Ricky Steamboat was like the high mid card. Yeah, I would say maybe AJ. uh, But but AJ, to me, it it seems like AJ is toward the twilight of his career, though. So, I mean, he just had a really good twilight. Yeah, AJ's at the twilight. and. I mean, let's be real. Everyone knows AJ beyond WWE. It's kind of like Flair and WWE. Like, we all knew Flair way before WWE. It's just WWE just happened to be like AJ, Flair, Sting. Like, WWE is like the icing on the cake. But they already, we all been known who they were. They always been legends. You know, they just, the icing on the cake just helped, you know, with the. Yeah. GHP is saying AJ. It seems like AJ is United States champion. Yes, very true. All right, so let's get right into the uh, headlines. Uh, somber moments. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, Brian Christopher, Brickhouse Brown passing away all on Sunday. So crazy. Um, wow. Uh, Brickhouse was 57, battling cancer. Uh, he survived nine days. Um, you know, People are saying, you know, it wasn't a miracle. I, I like I said last week, um, I totally disagree with that because he, he was for he the, the court as far as I know the corner was coming, um, yeah, and they you know that. pronounced him dead, <laughs> and you know he woke up under the sheet if I'm not mistaken and said, "Mom, I'm hungry." So I mean, uh-huh. that definitely wasn't on his own volition and. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. however, whatever, whatever the reason for him to stay nine days was, was you know, it happened. So, um, and real quick, and then Brian Christopher, that was so tragic. I mean, his uh, Lawler was talking. Someone's asking if has he made any statement. Uh, has Lawler made a statement? Um, yeah, he did. Um. There was a local uh, uh, local uh, site that interviewed him, and he was talking about that uh, he's every like, he's he he broke the silence about the investigation. So basically, um, he wanted to there, there's there's an investigation that uh, that's that's being talked about, and then Lawler was talking about um, you know. Uh, he, he was talking about how he, he things just doesn't things seems fishy, but because because as far as 
you know, the 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 wide belief is concerned, um, you know, he hung himself in jail. He was in jail for about four weeks, um, almost four weeks, uh, some DUI stuff. But he's, unfortunately, he's created a rap sheet, you know, for, for quite some time. And as far as uh, I think Melcher talked about how um, Lawler wanted to get him in rehab and, you know, just, you know, he, he wanted him, there was like, like a big old bond and he wasn't going to front him the the, the bill. So, you know, it, it was really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, man, because I mean, 46 years old is young and to really live a, um, you know, Milliken, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Dave Milliken said something, you know, positive about him, but uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of reports to say that he, when he was sober, he was, you know, an awesome guy, but when he wasn't, he was he was chaotic and, and crazy. So, unfortunately, so you know Nikolai Volkov is a more, you know, as far I think he was dealing with some hard stuff and he was refusing to, um, yeah, Trevor Lee's dad, yep, uh, co-creator of uh, Omega, um, yeah, he passes, he passes well, yep, um, and yeah, so Volkov, uh, for from what I know, he was denying medical treatment and uh you know he ended up dying and uh he was 70 years old i believe and you know 70 is is you know it's uh, it's a long life and uh so at least on his end he you know he got 70 years in but brickhouse at 57 years and, and lawler at 46 i mean both of both of those ages are young so it's really tough i mean just it, the world just came crashing down as far as just, you know, just the wrestling world on, on Sunday, uh-huh. it, was, it was tough just to get all these reports in that, that yeah. people were just dying, and it was it was crazy on Sunday. Yeah, I, I see very quickly. I know we we was at we was at church. Um, yeah. and my 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 cell phone. Blowing up constantly, but I was for everything both publicly. I think even before I got a chance to talk to you, Chris. Um, and uh, I always see this, and, you know, fans listening may not may not understand it, but when you're in the business like me and Chris are, me and Chris are in the business of media. Whenever you get your, whenever your phone, whenever you get a phone call from one of the boys, and it's not on a show day. That's normally bad news. So if one yeah. of the boys call you early in the morning, like they were setting us up, or if I'm getting text messages late at night or early in the morning, and it's not a convention or it's not anything coming up, that's normally bad. So I know me and Chris, you talked. I was at church, um, and I got a text message from some friends in WWE and around. And when I got the text messages about Brian Christopher, I knew it was legit. Because if I get a text or call from them, then it's no he say, hearsay. Um, and I think that's when me and you were talking. was like, hey, you know, it's confirmed. I got, like, text messages. He's gone. Um, I've been around Brian Christopher. I just was around him doing WrestleMania weekend. I've been around the man sober. And I've been around the man drunk. He's always pleasant to me. Uh, he's pleasant to my staff. Uh, strong guy, always been nice. 
um, had come to talk to Jerry Lawler. Now, of course, I'm this incident, but I talked to Jerry Lawler multiple times at shows. At events, Jerry Lawler always been talking with me. Nice, nice guy, too. Yeah. So, this, my condolences to Brian Christopher. Uh, I know he was dealing with a lot of demons. Um, yeah. And I did, you know, here's some things I'm not going to mention publicly, but the whole investigation was him going away. Uh, Brickhouse, mm-hmm. I can confirm that it's true. Uh, sadly, for years since my mom passed, hopefully none of you guys listening to this live or archive will be in a predicament as his mom. I've been there. I've been at the bedside of my mother, literally right after she passed away, seconds, and I've sat in her predicament, waiting for the coroner or waiting for someone to get the body. And Brickhouse was going to wake up and said he was hungry. Uh, I'm good friends with Brian Blair. He's giving me permission. So so has, uh, you know, Brickhouse's mom, the way I see this on air. But I've talked to Brian Blair, Coco Beware, about that. Is confirmation. Uh, it's a miracle. We like, like you said, we don't know why he had an extra nine days. He did wake up. He ate ice chips. He ate Jello. Um, and he said his vitals were great for nine days. And then it was his time to go. Uh, and uh, Nikolai Volkov, who lived in Glen Burnie, Maryland, which is about 15 minutes from my house in the county. I live in Baltimore City. I've seen Nikolai tons of times. Uh, I'm very close friends with a wrestling personality. I'm not going to mention his name. You've all seen him on TV. Who's close friends with Nikolai. Um, and Nikolai has been nothing but the nicest guy, sweet. Uh, family is nice. Uh, you can't say anything bad about Nikolai. Uh, everyone loves him. So uh, this is my condolences, man. Sunday was a uh, man. Uh, Sunday was tough. It, you know, for us. Our phones are blowing yeah. up, and and it is it's really tough. So our prayers go out to the families. Um, it's sad every week we do shows. I do my show, you do your show. We're always starting with a memorial of someone passing away in the business. So um, yeah, this and I want to say we always we always talk like you can only go by how people treat you. I'm not gonna mention names, but I've seen some. Very unprofessional, very nasty. I'm sure you've seen it too, Chris. Of certain, uh, certain wrestlers or some of the boys said some things about Ryan Christopher online. Yeah. Uh, that's just poor taste. So um, yes. we don't oh, do that gosh. kind of thing here. Yeah, yeah. we don't do that kind There's of thing here. There's a tweet from so. uh, a former ECW guy that was just yes callous to me. And, and yeah. Facebook status. The, the Facebook yeah. status is worse. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, yeah. Oh, just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, JSP said, have to keep God first at all times. Amen. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that. All right, to lighten up the, lighten up the moment here, uh, let's ask another trivia question. Um, who was the final cruiserweight champion in 2007 before it came back? Um, being in this chat with you guys every week, always make my day. Wild boy, you are the man. Thank you very much for that. All right, so let's skim through this. Uh, yes, Jason. Great job. Hornswaggle. Hornswaggle. All right, so let's skim through um, the rest of them here. Mysterio wants to uh, – so Rock wants to compete at WrestleMania. Uh, Meltzer talked about that. Uh, and – 
Uh, also, the speculation of Roman Reigns. I'm I am 100% in favor of this. I, I think so. that uh, yeah. at this point, you know, WWE can't. Uh, real quick, uh, WWE does. Uh, they're not in a job in a position where they can use current talent to really put over current talent. Just because no one is just no one is bigger than the. Um, than the company in the way that they can really put over talent. I mean, Brock is, but he's a part-time guy. Let me get this uh, Ask Chris question from Jose real quick. Are you a huge fan of Cena as Doctor of Thugonomics? Uh, I think he was a really good heel at that time. You know, uh, you know, Cena had a bad... <laughs> I had a, I had a re- very rough spot in my heart for uh, uh, Cena because he beat Jericho in one of his first matches, which I didn't like. <laughs> Uh, this yeah. one random. I think it was Vengeance 2002. Vengeance, like, yeah. Randomly, I said, you, yeah, <laughs> So, um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I am 100 percent in favor of Roman Reigns versus Rock. Just imagine, and real quick, just imagine a heel Roman Reigns wins the uh, Universal Championship at SummerSlam. He's with Heyman. And you have a verbal, you have all the verbal exchanges leading up to WrestleMania with Paul Heyman and The Rock. And The Rock comes back as a babyface. The main event of WrestleMania 35 in, in, in New York is Ro- The Rock versus Roman Reigns for the, United, for the, for the Universal Championship. Paul Hayes, if, they have Goldberg, if they have Goldberg against Taker, that would be amazing too. Yeah, I just I don't see Goldberg or Taker losing, and I wouldn't want Taker to beat well, Goldberg, I mean, but I wouldn't no, want Goldberg to beat Taker either, though. I don't I want mean, to see Taker at all. Goldberg lost to Brock. I mean, so Goldberg Goldberg lost to Brock. So I mean, Goldberg could lose to Taker. Who's to say? Why not have it just be a no contest? No, no. Have not be at each other. <laughs> nah, no. No. I'm Goldberg. Not at We all know. We all we all know that they they buddies. They said it was a ticket. Uh, yeah, but the thing, thing is, is he, lost, you know. he lost against a box. I don't. I just. I don't see it. I don't. I'm, I. I know Goldberg wants to go against Taker, but I just don't see Taker beating Goldberg. And I. I yeah. I don't see it, unfortunately. The Wild Boy's asking, where do you see Triple H's career if he didn't marry Stephanie? <laughs> oh, gosh. What do you have? Like Seth Rollins? Pretty much, I yeah, think, pretty, uh, pretty much I think he would have been successful um, still, but uh, not corporately successful. That's for sure. All right, so uh, all right, let's get right into um, – let me see. We have uh, okay. So Mysterio wanted to end his career in WWE. I think that's a good move. I think his stock has increased now, um, just because uh, you know he's competing in the Indies and he's I mean, he's he's much more he's much bigger than he was during his last WWE run because he was teaming up with Sin Cara and they were trying to get the tag oh, team titles for you know from the Road Scholars, you know. So it wasn't. It wasn't a good spot he was in, so I'm cool with him retiring in, in WWE. Sting wanted to uh, he, he Sting talked about in a recent table for three that uh, 
he wanted to compete against uh, uh, <laughs> I gotta give GHB okay. uh, some love here Ask Chris what if Roman came out with a drink called the Superman Punch? I gotta, I gotta give it to him for that. That was clever. Um, yep. If uh, if Roman Reigns had a mutt, his name would be the Big Dog. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all right. So Rooker, let's get through. Uh, so yeah, Sting, I, I don't know. I think Sting and Brock Lesnar would have been interesting. I, I would have been okay with Ew. it, actually. Uh, yeah, I think that would have been very, very interesting. Um, I don't know about, I don't know about Sting, you know, debuting, debuting post, you know, uh, Survivor Series. See, I, I have conflicting thoughts on Sting. I mean, not on Sting, uh, you know, period, but just Sting's debut. Now. You know, a lot of people say that he should have came during the invasion days, but I don't see. I can imagine a, I can imagine sixteen years of Sting in the WWE. I, there's oh. there's there's a, a, a higher part of me. What's going on? Uh, pick uh, pick those play from Ecuador. Thank you, uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Um, all right, so you know, it's just. I don't know. It's just I don't I don't I don't imagine I can't imagine sixteen years of the Undertaker and WWE. I just I just couldn't. I think it was I think it was better that he that he didn't go come in the WWE and then debuted uh-huh. because I think it would have I think it's I think it made him more of a mystique, more of a just a, a major player, a major name. Although I still think one of the worst decisions in WWE history was to make Triple H beat him. Because if he would have beat Triple H, it would have made Seth Rollins beating Sting better. Because here's here's my thoughts. I think that um, I, I'm I was I would have been okay with Sting losing to Seth Rollins. That just made sense. You know, I, I would have, I would have preferred a world title reign. So here's how I would have booked Sting real quick. Because we only had about ten minutes. All right, so I would have had Sting beat Triple H at WrestleMania. I would have had him beat Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. I believe Night of Champions was September of that year. And um, Sting could have had the title for two months and could have uh, lost it to Seth Rollins at Survivor Series. I I would have been totally fine with a two-month Sting title ring. Goldberg had the Universal Championship for like three weeks. (laughs) So, um, you know, it it was less than a month. And yeah, I think it would have been. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it would have been fantastic. Sting beat Triple H, beat Seth Rollins at Night of Champions, and then lose to Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, and then Raw after SummerSlam, you know, say his goodbyes. Fantastic, fantastic career. Uh, are you a huge fan of Fozzie and should Jericho go into the WWE Hall of Fame one day? Jose is asking that. Um, not a huge fan of Fozzie. I don't listen to that kind of rock. And Jericho should be in the Hall of Fame, absolutely. John is asking, what do you think about an ROH uh, in New Japan versus WWE pay-per-view? I don't ever see that happen. <laughs> All right. Um, no. 
Uh, Chris Jericho interested in competing in the G1 Supercard, so that would be uh, it would be 19 years since he's competed in a non WWE. Um, would have been 20 years actually because he debuted in, in 99, so almost 20 years. He debuted in uh, August of 99. I think his last match was in July of 99 uh, in, in WCW. Um, and he in, in the supercars on April 6th. I mean, he's competing on the, in the Jericho Cruise this October, but you know, it, it's non televised, so. You know, it could happen. It'll be interesting. I mean, he he's a much bigger name outside of WWE now than he is with WWE. So, I think it would be very interesting if that happens. So, um, yeah, for the sake of time, um, oh goodness, uh, these are some some good questions. Jose is asking, how would you book Seth Rollins as a face, Roman as a baby face? Um, Seth has, you know, Seth is, is a fantastic, I love Seth. I mean, I, I was, I was not a fan face. of Seth uh, for a long time. I think he's one of the best, uh, he's one of my top in, in all of WWE right now. Um, Mike's asking, so if The Rock comes back, do you think he will lose? Yes, he will put over Roman. Absolutely. All right, so real it, quick, it, uh, Mike, Mike was asking the crowd will cheer for Rock over Roman. Of course, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he should go. In, Roman should go in as a heel um, at WrestleMania. I don't. He's going in as a heel. That's that's the problem with the fan base. They're going to book Reigns as a heel. Rock's going to go in as a face, but we still don't know how the fans are going to treat it. Remember Hogan and Hogan and Rock WrestleMania 18. Rock Hogan was the heel, Rock was face, they switched it up. So the thing is, Reigns is going to be the heel, everybody's going to cheer because he's with Heyman. Rock is going to come back, you never know. Oh, well, they're brewing Brock as a heel, though. I mean, Heyman has, Heyman has that ability to really, you know, make the crowd not like him. Yeah. You know, he has that ability. I mean, that... I mean that's true. But I mean, but you know the fan base. If Reigns become a heel, which we hope, the fans will start cheering him like they did Austin. Yeah, they he's will. So we're going to cheer him. The Rock comes back as a face. <laughs> they're going to cheer him, but then some fans may say, "Well, you know, The Rock did Hollywood." You, you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like the fans can do a one eighty. Just never know. Cause yeah. Granted, they did it with Rock and yeah. Hogan. Hogan was the heel. He cheered Hogan with The Rock. Either way, I'm for it. Either way, it'll be fine. I just, I just would love to see the hypocrisy of the fans when the Rock comes. Oh in yeah, I, Brock. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that I'm going and I'll be there. And uh, I yeah, want to see we'll, Brock. We'll be there and see. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to see Brock Lesnar beat Daniel Cormier in UFC? No, I think Cormier will win. Um, Wild Boys asking, do you think they building a tag match with Ambrose and Rollins against McIntyre and Dolph? That's a yeah, I mean he's he's you know uh, he's going to come back in a month, so I can I can see that happening. I wouldn't have. Uh, I think oh, Ambrose should be back as a heel. I think Jr. said that he don't think you know he should he should come back as a face, but Ambrose as a face is just can, uh, yeah, just can, just, just make real hard. quick. Can Ambrose Ambrose grow a beard? Ambrose always looks like he's dirty. Is that dirty? That green yeah. look. Ambrose, please go to SmackDown and be a heel. 
Seth Rollins is doing two great right now is being solo, whatever burn it down means, competing against mm-hmm. Dolph and, and, and really feuding in the mid-card. We do not need Dean Ambrose and, and Reigns to be team, team. I mean, no. that's, one, that's going to take away the steam. So, I mean, um, I, I really yeah. don't even miss Dean Ambrose. I forgot he's been gone that way. Yeah. I'm not against Dean Ambrose, yep. but... This repackage him as a heel. Have him go full beard like Daniel Bryan. Have him grow his hair out. He's with the dingy white feeders like Billy Kidman did with the flock. And there you go. <laughs> the flock, ladies and gentlemen. The flock was mentioned on episode 331. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, real quick. Uh, what uh, Chat room, what do y'all give? Uh, what grade do y'all give Raw? And let, let's just do that because we got to jump right into the flirt of the week. What grade do you give Raw, Evan? C-plus. How's the fact Angle finally got S5? He's been S5 in about 15 years. And Brock is saying, which I didn't see coming. Other than that, C-plus. Nothing else really special happened to me. Uh, We got multi-apple saying F-minus. Yikes. That's harsh. JSP 7.5, so that's a a C-plus. Joseph D, Wildboy D, DXD, Lee B, Brandon Seven, which is a C. Um, John C minus. I'll say C. Uh, solid C. I'll say C. Lesnar throughout the show was uh, entertaining. Uh, sold some seed in a possible breakup. I really hope that, that happens. Mo says C minus. Oh, C plus. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, good to see Rousey back. Um, I mean, just uh, so, so the world continuing to lose, which is terrible. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, why? Yeah, even, I, meant to mention I don't that. even know what, why they would even think about breaking them up. That? What is going on yeah, with that? Is he because Brady now fully? Is he is he fully healed or? <clears throat> and, and real quick, why is it that Rousey is it a hypocrisy and trying to be want to be sexist? Every time Rousey. Beat someone up at that match, she gets suspended. Yeah, everybody else can do it, and they don't get suspended. Right, right. I just think it's truly amazing. All right, real quick. Um, yeah, uh, what's uh, SmackDown? What grade do you give SmackDown, Evan? Uh, <laughs> C plus again, a little better than Raw. I mean, I do GHP. I give it like a seven point seven five. Uh, it's a little better, uh, you know. Nakamura attacking, um, uh, you know, Nakamura attacking Jeff Hardy or Orton attacking Hardy uh, was cool. Um, uh, the Miz being caught out by Daniel Bryan, I mean, that's good. I'm really looking forward for that. That's what that should have been yeah. the WrestleMania match, seeing that for SummerSlam. Other than that, nothing really stood out. I mean, Charlotte defeated uh, 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 what's her name? Carmella for the triple threat. I mean, finally, right, right, yeah. right now we're just okay, but still a little better than Raw. So I'll give it seven and All right, real quick. Um, yeah, C+. Plus, um, Joseph C+, plus, Lee C+, plus, John B. Um, John B. That's a great one. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So we got to roll. Uh, GHPB. All right, so let's. Uh, I give it a C plus. Uh, good. Uh, Charlie Flair Carmelo was good. Daniel Bryan Miz, uh, good. Uh, Vega Lana was good, leading uh, probably to a mixed tag at SummerSlam, I imagine. Uh, the Hardy Orton stuff is interesting uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Bar Usos was good. So, 
Uh, and I'm a big fan of Lynch. Looks like there may be some dissension there. All right, so we got like five minutes, so let's roll real quick into the Flavor of the Week. Here we go. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, DX gave it a B as well. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about, for the next couple minutes, we're going to talk about the top five intercontinental champions from the 80s and 90s who could have been world champions. It's the second time ever. Uh, Road through from five to one. I got, I got two honorable mentions. Say them. You just roll through your uh, top five. Well, what's up, five Slaves? Bringing up some five Uh, five for me. Um, I get Mr. Perfect. Wow, was great. He could have been champion, but um, some reason he wasn't there with Now, jump, jump, jump to saying Savage. Uh, Savage end up being uh, All right, so if you got any more, just go, go through them for a second time. Oh yeah, uh, Mr. Perfect, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Scott Hall, um. Gosh, uh, Ricky Model Martel and Roddy Piper. Uh, Marcel number one. Uh, Marcel was that? No, you're right. All right, so uh, I'll say. So I'll say mine here. Honorable mention: Bruce Bulldog. Honorable mention: Ricky Steamboat. Uh, all right, so uh, no, DX. Jerry was never champion. Uh, uh, number five, I have Owen Hart. Number four, I have Rowdy, Rowdy Piper, because he was Rowdy before Rowdy was cool. Uh, number three, I have Rick Rude. Uh, I definitely think Rude would have been a good world champ, especially he was, he was one of the biggest heels at that time. He was, uh, he was fantastic. Um, number two, I have Reza Homol. And then one I got Kurt Hennig by far, I think. Kurt Hennig. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's, to me, it's just Hennig. Hennig and Razor, to me, was like a very distinct top two. Ruta was such a good heel, uh, you know, for a uh, yeah. short amount of time, you know, um, <laughs> at that time. So. All right, we got a lot of uh, answers here. Mr. Perfect, Razor Owen, says the uh, Piper was like, uh, he can't blow yet. Uh, he's been, he's been my number four. Um, Multiapolis is okay, Ben right. Patterson. Right in in 1980. Uh, you know what, I don't think, uh, I, I was a big fan of Von Air, but... I don't know. I don't think he yeah, was uh, he had, good enough. I don't, I, he had not good enough. Run. I think he was good enough. I don't think he was over enough as, you know, in a, as a, in a long period of time to have this title. Yeah. Although I was a big fan. I was a huge fan. Um, Rick Rude. I was saying Honky Punk Man. Austin was champ. Uh, 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 Honky Punk Man? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think he was just like I think I I I think I compare I compare a honky punk man um and Elias. 
Like I think that they're both like really, really, really good starters. And that's you know, and you know, you should strive to everybody should, should strive to have the world title. But I mean, sometimes you're, you're just kind of pinged in that really, really good mid card spot, like Tito Santana. I was a big Tito fan, but I, I never saw him as a, a world champ. So. Uh, no, no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we was able to get to smash that uh, that amount of uh, substance in uh, in the time frame that we did. Uh, so uh, it was an express version because of the interview being so long this week, but it was a fantastic interview. Absolutely fantastic interview. Again, go to blogtalkradio.com, download the show, listen to the interviews, and uh, yeah, it's so much content in the library. Thank you to Power Sims Library. It's been great. It's been a pleasure as always, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are been awesome. on. We have the uh, the Pancakes and Power Sims show has the greatest chat of all time. And I'm going to stand by that. We have the coolest fans. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have, have a great day. Enjoy your, Until next time, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless and always remember. I do it for you. Thank you.